Hello and welcome to the Golden Rod Podcast, bringing you some of the latest and greatest Pokemon news and a few laughs along the way. I'm joined by fellow Pokemon enthusiast, Connie. Before we begin, you can jump around the podcast by using the timestamps in the description below. So, Connor, how have we been since we recorded last week's episode? Doing pretty well, and uh, and I must, I need to start this off with an apology, I think. Oh, hold on, hold on. We are in for podcast number two, and we're already apologizing. Okay, no, I'm, come a, on. I'm apologizing to you. Oh, to me? Why? Because when we started this and we came up with the idea of doing a podcast, I said, hey, is it possible that, you know, we use our actual names in it? So yes. you don't, you just don't call me Fidget and I won't call you Hoenn. And then I spent all of last week calling you Hoenn. Oh, was it that noticeable? <laughs> it, well, to me it was because I knew I'd done it. So I, and obviously I listened to it back a bunch of times during the edit, but yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, I'll forgive you. It, it is strange though, because I am... I, I just didn't cotton on to it. And I think part of the reason is is because I've gone by Professor Hoenn for, I think, at least two years now. And I'm just used to people calling me Hoenn in the chat. It, it yeah. just it, It's just normal for me now to the point where in my Discord, a few people were like, wait, your name's Ben. I'm like, how do you not? How like is this like not a common thing? I thought every like sometimes when I when I talk when I talk to myself when I'm like streaming on Twitch or playing YouTube content and I'm just like oh come on Ben and I've just realised some people must be looking at me thinking who's who ben? the heck's Ben? <laughs> like, you, who's he who to? is this random person that you think's ruined your game for you? You know it's all you, right? <laughs> they think I must have like two personalities or something. I'm Owen, and then I've just got like this voice in my head called Ben, who's apparently really bad at Pokemon. He just takes over every now and again. Yeah, it's, it, you know what? I even play D and D with a bunch of people who um, came from YouTube sort of part of the community and stuff like that and even during that they call me fidget and i'm like you know i have a name right they're like yeah we're aware we know we just choose to call you fidget like, that is right. that is that's great though because i don't know about you but at high school i never had a nickname I, I was just i was just ben and i never tried to force a nickname or anything like that and it's taken me 30 odd years to get a nickname that sticks and you chose it yourself. I chose it myself in the end. It's just, it's just, it's just great. I, I, I love, I love the fact that we have like alter egos on uh, YouTube and and different names that that people, you know, respond to us to. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but originally on YouTube, I wasn't even Professor Hoenn. I was Ready Player Ben. And um, I think I know this. I think I've seen Ready Player Ben a long time, a long, long time ago. And uh, and one of the reasons I changed that is because. It, most live streams i would get somebody come in and go you ever seen ready player one and i'd just be like no no <laughs> no i've never seen no, it, it. Just, it just it just works okay shut up <laughs> yeah this is my name just just roll with it and then when i decided i was just doing pokemon content that's when i decided to to rebranding uh, and go by um professor hoeing um speaking of youtube and all that kind of stuff i thought it might be useful to to touch on what you what you suggested i don't know why i'm making it sound like i bought this up you're the one that decided that um for today's episode we should talk about our history with the franchise what do you think well yeah because I, th- I think it's a very good way for our audience to get to know where we're coming from on a lot of this stuff because if i sit here and go mm. oh gen 4 is the best but only because of heart gold soul silver 
it, you need to know where my biases lie to fully unpack that statement. I I agree with that. Uh, and this this I think this is going to be very. Co- I think this is going to be more controversial than last week's when we both talk about you know w- why we dropped it because we both at one point in our life dropped Pokemon. And it'll be interesting to see if people can guess, like based on our ages, um, like why why we dropped it. We, we should probably tell people our ages. I think that'll help with some of the biases as well. Oh, you can start. Oh, I'm I'm thirty three. You're thirty three. Did you not know this? I don't know. I knew you were roughly around thirty. I think most of us are. When I say us, I mean like the Kingdom Boys and mm-hmm. a lot of the guys we have associated with within this community are all around our thirties. Mm-hmm. This is like the age for Pokemon. I feel like it, it, obviously when we were younger, when it first came out, it was it was for the children. But then the children have grown up into men, and they still like Pokemon. Like it's almost like Pokemon is is cool for people in their you know early years, maybe teenage years, and then there's a gap. And then it's almost like, you know, mid to late 20s, people almost cycle back to it and and probably for nostalgia more than anything. Well, it's, yes. I think a lot of the way the society is moving towards nerdy culture being more acceptable, Mm. you know, the Marvel films have taken off, Star Wars is back and things like that. It's okay to have these geeky little interests now. Mm-hmm. So Pokemon is almost thriving because of that, I feel. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. I think I, I think my perspective as well is part of that, you know, resurgence is because like, like me, I, I've got a daughter and how many people around our age have kids who are now interested in Pokemon and it's a way to bond with them and just go... You like Pokemon. I used to like Pokemon. And then you can go into, you know, there's so many things. You can go into the into the anime, you can go into the video games, you can go into the cards, the plushies, all manner of different things. It's just a, a way to, you know, communicate and bond with your children. It's great. Well, I mean, it's interesting you bring that up because you're talk- I'm going to start at the very end of this story now. Like, why oh. do I have a channel based on Pokemon? And it's mm. because a lot of my friends' kids had reached an age where they started getting into this franchise. And they're like, oh, do you know this Pokemon? I'm like, yes, I know that Pokemon. Oh, really? Well, do you know this Pokemon? It's like, yes, I know that Pokemon. <laughs> oh, but, but but what about this? I'm like, ah, here's a very interesting, really specific fact about that Pokemon that's going to blow your tiny mind. Let me tell oh. you about how Drifloon steals children away. <laughs> like, probably. How, do, how do you know that? It's like, uh, how do I know that? Why is so much of my brain power dedicated to this one franchise? Huh. Yeah. I should probably utilize that somewhere along the line. You you probably should. I, I don't know if you're anything like me. Do you does your brain work in a way that, you know, when when you're younger and you have to revise for exams and whatnot, and no matter how many times you, you repeat something, it won't go in. But random Pokedex entries or random Pokemon facts, 10, 20 years after, it's like I, 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 I still remember, you know, what Pokemon I can encounter on Route 1 and what levels and what moves they get. And I'm never get, I'm never really going to use that knowledge ever again, other than an obscure fact every now and again. But, you know, learning about different types of rocks and sites, I can't remember that. No. See, uh, names. Names is the one that gets me the most. Yes. I, I will meet people three, four, five times, 
and I've forgotten your name. I mm. I am sorry. I just I, it has escaped my brain. The yeah. filing cabinet, the filing cabinet at the back of my brain space does not hold that information. Pokemon, I could name you every single Pokemon <laughs> if you showed me them. Oh, every okay. single oh. one of them. Oh, I that that's that's an idea for a video at some point. I think test test our knowledge on Pokemon. I I and I I completely agree. It's something. Like obviously some of the Pokemon, it's it's a nostalgia thing. You you do retain more knowledge from when when you were a child because it just gets ingrained. I think like your brain has, you know, it hasn't been used to its full capacity. So anything that goes in there is pretty much guaranteed to go to long-term memory. But like later Pokemon, to start with, I struggle with. But then it's something just clicks. And I don't know whether or not it's you get into almost like an understanding of why those Pokemon are called what they're called and the naming conventions that Game Freak uses. And you, you you click in and you're able to, you know, guess. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those videos where on YouTube it's like, I, I show my girlfriend, you know, 20 Pokemon and she has to guess the names and she doesn't know anything about Pokemon. And even in them, sometimes the, the people get really close to what those Pokemon are called or... They come up with something nonsensical, but it kind of works because of the way that Pokemon kind of, you know, mix certain words together to be able to, you know, to, to be able to um, to create a, a new Pokemon name. Does that make yeah, sense? They're, they're, they're all kind of puns or yes. based on a Latin version of what the monster actually is. I don't know why Pyroar is the one that comes to my mind first and foremost. It's not even the most, uh, it's not even the most, the most best, the most best, good effort. The most best. Well it's done, not even yeah. the best example of that, but but yeah, it is I, a good example of it because like the 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 part you know is it pyre is in like a a, a a fire like you have a a pyre and then roar obviously because it's a, a line and then they just smash those words together and it, it and it just works. Well, you have a fire pyre. You also have pyro, which is pyro. fire oh okay right i knew pyro from final fantasy but i didn't know if it was like a real thing so i don't want to put my uh, foot like, in it but... pyro is in pyromaniac oh what's that somebody who likes setting fire to things oh okay oh oh i know what one of them is <laughs> yeah. so, not by uh, name you, you have pyromania which is i like ah. setting fire to things and pyrophilia which is just i like fire so if you've ever sat and just watched a fire go because it's pretty you're pyrophilia Pyro, pyro. yeah you have pyrophilia oh that's good that's that's good so there is oh i'm one of them there is something pretty about watching flames <laughs> oh it's, it's ingrained oh, no. in us it, it goes back to caveman brain of ooh, <laughs> pretty <laughs> so um touching on the the subject then what was the first game you played so the very first game i played was pokemon red right okay i think i first got hold of well we'll, we'll go even further back than that what was your oh. first instance of pokemon oh that is a good question um i See, I, I, I want to say, I knew what my first game was. It was Pokemon Yellow, but what made me go, I want to get that. I knew, I knew I wanted that game, but I can't remember why I knew I wanted that game. And part of me thinks, is it, is it, 
I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I think it was just that other people were talking about it at school because th- this was when I was in primary school. Um, so I was probably in, ooh, how old would I have been? I probably year four or five. So it would have been around 10, maybe 11, I think. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and right. for the life of me, I can't remember why I... I wanted Pokemon. All, all I knew is that I wanted Pokemon Yellow. Me and my family on my birthday went to the shops. Uh, it was it was um, oh, it was Comet. Do you remember Comet? Yes. The store. Yes. So I went there and they didn't have Pokemon Yellow. All they had was Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. And I I I was determined. I did not want these games. I wanted Pokemon Yellow. So I left the store without it. And then a couple of days later, I went up to um uh, up to my local city, my, my nearest city, and I managed to pick up Pokemon Yellow. But what drove me to get it, to play it, I don't, I, as a memory, I don't, I don't know. What about yourself? See, I, I, it just shows how much of an impact this, this series has had on my life. I remember the exact moment I first saw wow. Pokemon. I was up in Scotland, visiting my granny, and a bunch of my cousins were there. And they were flicking through the TV and they went, oh, Pokemon's on. And I was like, what's Pokemon? And I, uh. I distinctly remember my two older cousins, one was like a year older than me, one's like three years older than me, turned around and went, sorry, you don't know what Pokemon is. Grabbed me by either side of the arm, sat me down three inches away from the TV and I watched that opening sequence. And I remember distinctly, it was the episode where Ash gets Bulbasaur for the first time, where he's defending the Glade and yeah. I, 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 I just childlike wonder that and that's what i love about this series is just the wonder that it offers yeah. the ability yeah. to be like oh wow there is an entirely different world with however many monsters and wow i mm-hmm. i need this in my life yeah and then i think they showed me the games after that because co- i have i have lots and lots of cousins so mm. A few of them had like Pokemon Red and I got given a hand-me-down copy of Pokemon Red, I think. Right. As maybe maybe one of my cousins got Pokemon Yellow, so gave me Red. Mm. I can't remember. But I, I remember getting Pokemon Red off of one of my cousins and I remember, yeah, because he'd already played through it quite a bit. He'd got to, he'd got to the point, and I will always remember this, I couldn't get past Snorlax. Oh, okay. I had no idea I had to go and get the... I think I had the Sylph Scope, but I didn't know to go to Sylph Co. Yeah. And it's Sylph Co where Fuji's at the end of it, right? No, Lavender Tower. No, I didn't do Lavender, Lavender Tower. Tower. Yes. I didn't, I didn't know I had to go do Lavender Tower because, again, I'd just been given this game. But it yeah. had a level 100 Mewtwo in it. <laughs> what? It had, a level, it, I had a level 100 Mewtwo that had been traded into the game, ah, which meant it okay. didn't listen to me either. Yeah, it didn't obey, yeah. So I was just running around. And again, this was, I was like four, five. I couldn't even read, really. I no. And I didn't for the longest time. I didn't read the dialogue. It probably no, explains why I couldn't buttons. get anywhere and didn't do anything in the game. Yeah, But I just would run around for ages yeah. and just catch random Pokemon. I remember... A couple, because I moved around quite a lot. I'm an, I'm an army brat, so every two right. years I would move. And Pokemon was kind of like a really easy way to meet new people. 
you'd see people out and about with, and you'd have that one kid in the area yeah. who's got a link cable, and suddenly the they're everybody's cable, best friend. Yes. Until somebody else has a game shark, and suddenly they're my best friend. Except for I need your link cable to trade the stuff over with the game. Can you both be my best friend, please? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Oh wow! So, at what point, or or did you reset that game and start again? So I think I eventually reset it because I had no idea where I was going. And mm. then I, because I remember, no, hang on. So I had that one and I had the Mewtwo and stuff like that. And then I reset yeah. it and I picked Charmander. And I picked Charmander because it was Pokemon Red. And I thought yeah. I had yeah. to. Oh. I, I okay. thought that was the point. That's, that's the Pokemon yeah, that's yeah, on yeah. the box. That's the Pokemon you pick for this game, right? I was an mm. idiot. <laughs> so I had a big trouble against Brock. Because yeah. this was back before, like, Nidoran had double kick. And I don't even Rock think in is... that game... I don't even think in that game you could catch a Mankey in the first route or anything No, like you that. can't. Rock is... Brock is... Like, he gets a, he gets a lot of... A lot of jip for, for not being a great trainer. Because he doesn't even have Rock-type moves. He literally just has normal-type moves. But you are really limited. Yeah, your best bet's like Pokemon. a butterfly, really. Yeah, pr- pr- unless you unless you choose, you know, either of the other two starters, you're gonna struggle, especially that that age and trying to figure out how to get past, you know, his Pokemon with really good defenses. You are gonna struggle. Yeah. So I remember, I remember that, and I remember picking Charmander and struggling really hard against Brock, and then you get past Brock and you go up against mm-hmm. Misty, and it's like, yes. oh, I've been done over again. Okay, great, <laughs> thanks for that. And I remember my cousin, different cousin, so cousin, yeah. all, all the cousins previously were on my dad's side, this cousin is on my mum's side, had Pokemon Blue. Uh, and he had an Ivysaur, and I was like, hang on, how did you get that? He's like, well, I picked it. I was like, but you have to pick the one that's on your... Oh, you don't? Oh, okay. Oh. Well, I guess I'm restarting then, and I'm right. going to pick the turtle. And I went through with a Squirtle, and I'm pretty sure it was a Blastoise by the time I fought Surge right okay so did you solo it yeah basically yeah I, yeah it yeah. wasn't it wasn't intentional i kind of no. got past brock because I, I was like oh well, i've got a water type now i can beat brock yeah. i'm gonna go beat brock as soon as possible then did nugget bridge and then i was i was strong enough that i was kind of knocking everything out before i could catch it and i remember right. the first thing i could catch was the low percentage doug trio in Diglett oh, cave okay yeah because I was running around there for ages because I was like, well, my water type is weak to these electric mm, moves. Mm. I'm still dying all the time because, again, I was bad at the game, even with the Blastoise. Realistically, a Blastoise should beat Surge. It is sure. yeah, yeah. If you got yeah. to level 30 by the time you're fighting Surge, you should win that fight. Yeah. But I wasn't. So I went to go try and catch a Diglett. I was wiping out all the Diglets because I was using all my water moves on them like an idiot. And then <laughs> finally came up against a random Doug Trio that was like level 25. And my my Pokemon was like level 30 odd. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, okay, great. There's there's a Pokemon that can actually survive a hit for me. And I soloed with those two for the longest time. Wow. Okay. I that, that must be a common thing then, because um I did something similar. So I um when I when I started my journey on Pokemon Yellow, I I named the main character Ash, because, not Ben. Of because, course, of course. Because it's Pokemon, it's Pokemon Yellow. It's based on, it's more based on the anime than than Red and Blue are. And um, so I did catch a, a Mankey on Route, I think it's 22, uh, which has low kick, which means it's quite easy to get past 
the um the first gym leader brock and this was really before the incident i think dial up was around them but i can't ever remember looking stuff up so i didn't 100 know really how you know how you are meant to play the pokemon game anyway this this monkey simply because of its attack stat was just destroying everything and i only really used it to the point where one of my memories is beating sabrina with a prime ape just a prime ape just running through her entire team being about 30 maybe 40 levels above the 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 remaining pokemon in my team because i did have a team of six i had a team of six one of which was the pikachu and the monkey was just absolutely running through the prime ape at this point was was running through absolutely everything and i remember getting to to lorelei and also running through her with a prime ape because obviously it's super effective against the ice types as well and um that i think i think that's just what kids do is they maybe find one or two of their favorite pokemon and don't completely understand you know because there's quite a lot that goes on under the hood in terms of like you know same type attack bonus you know what resists what what's super effective what the what moves are best because in gen one like the later gens have it great where you when it asks you if you want to learn a move you know whether or not it's better whether or not it's worse oh, it has yeah. better accuracy in the original it was like this pokemon wants to learn flamethrower do you want to learn it and you don't know if it's better than ember if it's stronger if it's got better accuracy worse accuracy you just kind of have to go yeah go on then yeah, and there was I no guess. way to re- yeah and there was no way to relearn relearn the moves either in the original gen so once you've once you've gotten rid of a move it's it's gone you're not getting it back in in gen one and i think a lot of kids probably made that mistake of they didn't really understand what they were doing they probably had one or two favorites and basically soloed with with them and just played the game completely wrong to be quite honest with you yeah see uh, you're talking about the moves there i will always remember running down to my dad so that's how long ago this was my dad still lived with us and i i turned around to him and was like my 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 seeking wants to learn flail is is that a good move he's like i don't know <laughs> i'm like well do, is it better than tackle and he's like, well, a flail is a big thing that you swing around your head and it does look so yeah, I presume. And again, that's that's the kind of knowledge we had to go off of yeah. because we had yeah. no other no other way of knowing. No. It sounds like it could be a good move. There's no way of me checking that, oh, actually it does more damage the less health you have. It doesn't tell me that anywhere. No. No. It was just it was just like you just had to use the move. And hope and like for for those of you that might be listening that haven't played Gen, you know the earlier Gens, because I I do know of people that have played the later games, not the early games. Gen one was a mess in terms of moves, mechanics, the way it worked. It it was a great game, and I've got such nostalgia for it. But it was broken in in so many ways in in terms of like you have some moves that literally do nothing or do the opposite of what they are what they are meant focus to energy. do yeah focus energy does the opposite of what it's meant to do doesn't it doesn't it lower your i think it negates your chance for a crit or something stupid something like that and we were just having to make this up as as we went along and, and trying to ask other people uh, who were just as clueless and then that's when like the rumor mill started on the playground and obviously everyone knows this now but back in the day like being told you can get you can get Mew. You just need to move the the van. 
And mm-hmm. I don't know who is it. There's somebody somewhere who must be so smug thinking, I came up with that. That was, and that I, was I me. I the world. Yeah. Because you, you, and it's, it's, it's mad because you couldn't do that, but you would spend days, hours, days, weeks, just trying to figure out like how you potentially got this rare, you know, one five one five one Mew Pokemon because everyone knew it existed. That was the thing because we'd all seen the anime, the Pokemon movie, so you knew it was it was alive and and catchable in some way, but no one knew how to get it in a legit way. So the thing is, even back then, again, you're talking about time before internet. I know some of our younger audience are like, "Excuse me, you're older what? than the internet." Uh, yeah, boomer. yeah, yeah. We we are all right. Google's a baby compared to me. Get over it. I like. I had a walkthrough book for Pokemon Red. Yeah, I got it, and I remember yeah. I remember using it to get through Viridian Forest, where mm. it was kind of useful. But a lot of the information in there, in the official, it was wrong. Was wrong. Yeah. Oh, I think I now that you're saying that, I think I had the the yellow guide was it brady games or something like that no i couldn't tell you that much i remember i remember sitting in a hotel reading through it yeah trying to figure out like next steps and what to do and i i don't even think the developers truly knew everything about about that game to be quite honest with you and (laughs) and obviously they, they pushed this game out and despite you know a handful of issues and looking back and just being like oh it 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 it's lacking a lot of polish in the 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 game mechanics that the later games like have really improved. You can't deny there's something nostalgia it's nostalgic about it now. Even going back and playing it now, you know, twenty odd years on, it just yeah. makes you happy. I don't I don't often go back and play it now because it is it's a mm. flawed set of games. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that is just the way it is. But as you say. They were fun games, and they do transport you back to that time in your life. Mm. Mm. Question, though. You said yeah. Pokemon Yellow, you fought Lorelei. Did you beat yes. that game? Yeah. I beat, I beat, so what I did is I beat Pokemon Yellow as Ash, and then um, I completed the Pokedex. And then at that point, because um, um, my you brother also... You the Pokedex in the first generation. Yes, because my brother also had uh, blue, and then I went out and bought red. So I've still got my original Pokemon yellow cart. I've got my brother's Pokemon blue cart, and at some point somewhere, Pokemon red has gone missing, unfortunately. But yes, so I completed the Pokedex. I then, I was bored at that point because there's nothing more to do, and I reset the game and started as Ben, and I completed it all again, uh, again, 100% completing the Pokedex as well. Wow. Mm. See, I lost in quotation marks. I'm pretty sure somebody stole it from me, but I lost my Pokemon Red cartridge. Oh, no. Mine's gone as well. Someone out there is stealing Pokemon Red cartridges. We need to find this person. We need to stop them. So I never beat Pokemon Red. The first Pokemon game I ever beat was Gold. Oh, oh wow! Okay, okay. Well, I say, I say, beat it. I, I, I beat the elite four. You beat the elite. It, four. Oh, it took me another ten years, roughly. Yeah, another ten years to even realize red was in that game. 
Whoa. I bet that blew your mind when you found out. Yeah, because that first time when you go over to Kanto and you're like, wait, what? I'm in Kanto? What? How? What? And then you check the map and you're like, oh my god, I'm in Kanto. Okay. So you beat the Elite Four and then you go around and you do some of the gyms. And I can't remember where I got up to, but I never, I don't, I didn't beat all the gyms because I didn't know Blue was one of the final gym leaders. I didn't know he'd taken on Viridian City. Okay. And it wasn't until I first found out what an emulator was when I was in sick Mm. form. Yes. And I was playing through Pokemon, uh, probably Pokemon Crystal rather than, no, it would have been Pokemon Gold. I played through Pokemon Gold uh, on my laptop in the sixth form common room. And I beat it and I beat all the gym leaders and I beat all the Kanto gym leaders. And then I got a thing of like, ah, do you want to go to Mount Silver? I was like, all right, I guess. What's over in Mount? (gasps) There's a fight with Red. I've been playing this game since I was eight. How is there still here stuff here for me to find? Oh, Pokemon Gold and Silver are just amazing. Like, Like, there's a reason they are held up as such it's such a high standard for pokemon games because it it is just one of those things where like sequels are are, are one of those one of those concepts where i think not a lot of game companies get it right but gold and silver took what was great about red blue and yellow tweaked it adapted it and then built on it like the fact that they were able to basically get two full games onto that cartridge, it just blows my mind. Because for for my understanding is, it it was it wasn't possible. It wasn't doable until one of the lead programmers just came in and just just helped them to to figure it out and managed to condense two full areas into that game. And um. It's weird because I. It sounds like you remember a lot about your playthrough of Gold and Silver. I don't remember a lot about mine, um, to the point where I can't even remember which of the games I had. Part of me thinks, "Oh, I had Pokemon Silver," and then part of me thinks, "No, I had Gold," and I can't remember which one I had. But I, I was late to the party with Gold and Silver because I remember we went on a um a coach trip in I think it was the first year of high school. And um, we were like, because of how far away, the, we were going to this castle, I can't remember where it was, but because of how far away it was, we were allowed to bring things on the coach. And um, at this point, year seven, Pokemon is still cool. And there was a few of us all playing Pokemon and everyone else had Gen 2. I only had Gen 1. So battling and trading, for those of you who don't know, you could still battle and trade between Gen 1 and Gen 2, but... You could only it, whoever was using gold and silver could only bring Gen One Pokemon because Gen Two the the code wasn't in the Gen One cartridges, so it would break it and, and it just wouldn't recognize it. And um, I'm on this coach journey, and I've got Stormy on my team because I didn't have a load of Pokemon to bring to a competitive fight with with somebody else. So I had Stormy because it gets lo- loads of diversity in coverage in terms of flamethrower. Uh, Thunderbolt, Blizzard, uh, Recover. So it has loads. And I remember using that. And and, P- and I just got ripped into because Stormy went down to like a single Thunderbolt or something. Uh, or something. And f- f- that just led me to believe for the longest time that Stormy was just a crap Pokemon. And it's only recently that I've realized like how much the Pokemon community actually rates Stormy as a competitive Massively. Poke- Massively. Yeah. It's fast. 
it, it is. Speed yeah. alone is worth it. Exactly. And it's diversity, like, really just helps it. And I think that is one of my... One of the what it, one of the things that kind of started to nudge me away from, you know, talking about Pokemon with with friends, and I think at that point, loads of people were starting to drop off to the point where it started to become uncool to play and talk about Pokemon. As as I started to move into year eight, so at this point, I think I'm twelve, thirteen. So people aren't really, you know, talking about it or involved in it to the point where when i eventually got pokemon um pokemon sapphire i i didn't talk about it with with my friends which is a shame because sapphire and ruby were another massive jump between gens that introduced a like full cover abilities all the different new Pokemon in Gen 3, which are some of the best designs, in in my opinion. And the things like, you, you know, the uh, the Pokeblock mechanic and the contests and just the, the size of that game and double battles and everything else. It just added so much more. And I, I couldn't really talk with anyone about it, but Gen 3, my brother had Ruby. Gen 3 was another one of the games where I also completed the Pokedex too. Wow. See, Gen 3, I distinctly remember being one of the first games I wasn't really a fan of. Oh, okay. This is where we get controversial. Why? So, I, I love the games now. In fact, they're one of my okay. most revisited. I think Emerald is one of the games I've played mm, the mm. most over the years. But right. I, I got Ruby. I got a Game Boy Advance and I got Pokemon yeah. Ruby for passing my sats. So, end oh, of year nice. six okay. kind of thing. I did really well in them and I got a reward for that. And I remember playing through it, and I think it was just the fact that it was all new Pokemon. There was none okay. of my favorites in there. Right. Like, when you played through Gold, it, there was a bunch of new Pokemon, but you could play with the old ones if you wanted as well. Yeah, yeah. This was, no, you have to play with the new ones. I was like, well, I, I quite liked some of my old friends. Okay. I, I, I want those. And I couldn't trade up to it because... Mm, until, no, you can't. No, you can't do that. You still can't. No, Gen 1 and Gen 2 are locked. So unless you have the digital versions on 3DS, you can't get that. You can't move your Pokemon from Gen 1 to Gen 2, unfortunately. No, so I couldn't do the thing like I did in Gold, where I went, and I remember I was sat, again, up in Scotland. I had Gold, and my cousin had Red, and I was like, do you, do you need that save file? He was like, no, why? I was like, because I'm going to reset it a bunch of times and I'm going to get all the Kanto starters in my oh, gold playthrough. Yes. And, and I'm going to play through it with all of those as well as oh, my nice. other starter, which is going to be really cool. I couldn't do any of that with Ruby. No. And then as much as it's like a cliche to say and it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a meme, there was so much water. I remember, <laughs> I, I remember getting yes. lost especially yeah, like yeah. trying to find Sotopolis was a yeah. nightmare oh it was yes and i beat it i remember beating it because i remember finding Sotopolis. i remember catching groudon i remember mm. you know beating the elite four but it wasn't it just didn't feel the same to me and that's where my right. my love of pokemon never vanished but my no my whole it's hold on me my deep interest in it started to wane a little bit from there right okay so that was the first nail in the coffin so to speak yeah okay so did you make it to gen 4 so i didn't get gen 4 
Okay. My younger sister had Gen 4, which is interesting because it was her first Pokemon game because she oh, was right. my younger sister. So yeah, yeah. every time she wanted to play, she just played mine. Right. This was, I, I'd, not to get too much into my own family history, but she lived with my mom and I lived with my dad at this point. And I went down to visit one weekend and she was like, oh, I've got new Pokemon Diamond. Do you want to play it? I was like, yes, I do. I've only got a weekend though. She went, oh, right. well, don't worry about that. I've got a Game Shark here. You can put, a, you can put Advanced <laughs> XP Brilliant. on, which I'm <laughs> okay. so grateful for now because I didn't realize at the time that the XP curves in Diamond and Pearl were so horrendously bad. Oh, really? Like, it was the first time they'd introduced uh, what was in, like, Diamond and Pearl and Black and White, which is if your Pokemon's at a higher level than the things mm. you're grinding against, you get less experience for Oh, it. is that... Is that? I thought that was Gen 5. I didn't realize that was in Gen 4. I, I think a level of it was introduced in Gen oh, okay. 4. It wasn't as bad as it was in Gen nope. 5, but the, Gen 4 is quite a hard one for grinding in. And right. everything's just slower generally anyway. Hmm. Um, so I remember playing through Diamond basically in a weekend, and yeah. it was fine. I, right. I liked my I liked my Star Raptor. I liked my Buizel. I remember mm. not evolving my Buizel because I really liked Buizel. He's so I cute. thought float. I thought Floatzel looked stupid, so I kept it as a Buizel. Yeah. Um, basically, did the Elite Four with a Star Raptor, Dialga. Trying to think what starter I picked. Oh, I picked Torterra because Torterra is yeah. the only starter I've ever picked in Diamond. Right. And yeah, I played it. I beat it. I left it. Right. Okay. So that's a little bit similar to mine. So Gen 4 is when I kind of, well, it is when I dropped off. Um, So I was at my first year of university by the time I finally got around to Diamond and Pearl. Um, wow. And I I had Pearl. I took my so when when i first went to university i didn't take any of my games consoles uh with the exception of the the ds and the reason why is i didn't want to be that that person at university who's like oh, i'm just gonna play games all the time and i don't socialize don't make friends and everyone else did the same thing and within the first week of knowing one another we were all like yeah, let's go home and get our consoles um so it, so that was like one of the first nails in the coffin for me because at that point i stopped playing on the on the ds because i was like well i can i can play halo and i can play call of g with all my friends and on lan and, and we can play that and so for me for for pokemon pearl i i remember my starter i got chimchar um i got to roark and i i beat roark with a, a um monferno and then i put it down and i never picked it up and i eventually sold it and i sold the ds and I didn't go back to um to to Pokemon for around I think I think it was eight years, but it might have been nine. And for for me, what brought me back into it was um I had at this point, I'm I'm in my working career. I'm an adult now. Um, I have, I have responsibilities, but I also have disposable income. And mm -hmm. I remember seeing the adverts, or at least the promotion for they're remaking Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Oh wow, is that far? Yeah, and I remember seeing that. Um, and just thinking, I I will play those games. I want to play those games. But first, 
I think I want to try and complete another Pokedex. So I got Pokemon X and I got a 3DS, one of the one of the big models 3DX, 3DS, so I could see it in all its glory and playing through Pokemon X. And I, I love that game. I have such nostalgia. Uh, I, it's like a set, it's, it's probably the, the game that I'm most nostalgic for outside of Pokemon Y because it's the, it's the one that got me back into it. So not only were there the new Pokemon and Pokemon X, but there's, you know, the, the Pokemon that I didn't get to see from Gen 4. And the Pokemon I didn't even know about from Gen 5, it had the, the, the Mega, so I was like, oh, I can Mega Evolve the Kanto starters. And then obviously you get to go, you get to you get to the first major city and it's like, you can pick Charmander, Bulbasaur, Squirtle. I'm like, oh my God, this is like so, so nostalgic. And just playing through that game and just seeing the quality of life improvements that the 3DS bought with it to the point where Pokemon X and Y, you could toggle on the, the 3D mode and, you know, you throw your Pokeball and it's in the 3D space. And it just blew my mind. And that, that is what got me back into into Pokemon. Not into the YouTube side of thing, things, but but back into back into Pokemon. What about you? So I also dropped off pretty much immediately after Diamond. I, again, sixth form, I would play some of the older ones for nostalgic sake on yeah. my laptop. I remember my friend having Pokemon White on his DS and would play it in form sometimes. And I'm like, right. Uh. And again, I, I, I mentioned it on last week's episode. You know, I was 16, mm. 17 at the time. Pokemon was dumb, and now yeah. they've got a trash bag Pokemon and an ice cream Pokemon. <laughs> oh, it's so dumb. What a dumb series. I don't like that series. Despite the fact that at the same time, yeah, I think maybe the year previously, I briefly started getting back into Pokemon. I'd got, I, oh, I would really? wake up at like five in the morning to go and watch the anime downstairs so no one would catch me. Oh, wow. I, I, I would watch the Diamond and Pearl Shame. series. Shame. First thing, five in, I would literally wake up at five in the morning to go and watch this. So like my dad and my younger sister in that didn't catch me watching it. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to be that guy who's no, a, no. a teenager and watching Pokemon. It's dumb. So it, it was a long time. I skipped generation five entirely. Right. Yeah. Same. And when I went off to university, I started meeting a couple of friends who also had an interest in Pokemon. And we'd kind of mm -hmm. talk about it and we'd speak nostalgically about it. And that's around the same time that Pokemon on YouTube kind of started becoming a uh -huh. thing. So you right. talk about way back when like Jay Witz would do his first, mm, um, yeah. you know, Pokedex entries. Oh, creepy Pokedex entries and stuff like that. The first Pokemon theorists started popping up mm. and really early gameplay. The one I will always pull up um, is... Oh my God, his name is gone. And I feel Maryland. Maryland used right. to do the Wedlocks, which was the series that me and you oh, did. Oh, yes. He came up with that. And nice. he's, he's just got such a, such a smooth cadence, such a soft way of speaking, and such an enjoyable experience watching these. And they were something great to just put on whilst because mm -hmm. when i was at university this is when i started getting ill so i started having seizures and i couldn't oh, right. move and things like that and there'd be days and days and days where i was just basically trapped in bed so watching 120 episodes of a long playthrough of pokemon yeah. was a way to get me through it right so that started bringing my interest back a little bit more and then x and y came out mm. and 
it, it, it was amazing to me at the time how many of my friends and how many of the people I knew suddenly wanted to jump into X and Y. It seemed oh, like that brought a lot more people back to the franchise than ever before. Because yeah. before that, it was me and my one other mate who were kind of the Pokemon geeks. And now yeah. suddenly, everybody wants to play this game. Oh, that's great. And then, of course, Pokemon Go. Yes. Okay. Brought po so yes. many people back into this franchise. Mm -hmm. And interestingly enough, I didn't play X or Y. I didn't have money oh, for a 3DS. What? I didn't have money for it. I was at university, mate. I was because they're expensive. They like the the 3DS console was what 120. I want to say. Wait, well, might have been more than that. Two, even the 2DS was like 80 quid or something. And then you're talking about like a 30, 40 pound game. Yeah. So it's 120 quid all yeah. in. Soon mounts up. Yeah. And I was already, you know, thousands of pound in debt. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> over on, on like overdrafts and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was working full time and I still had no money. So mm. I just, I had to skip X and Y and I had to skip Auras and. Oh, wow. Oh, I missed okay. all of Gen 6. I actually even missed all of Gen 7. I just wow. didn't. Okay. So you were aware it. of them though, but you just didn't play I followed them. it. Yeah. I followed it. I was, I was almost, I was more into the YouTube scene of Pokemon mm. at that point than i was into the game that is so strange because at that point i wasn't into the youtube scene i wasn't aware i'd heard of jay wits because everyone at that a like that stage had heard of jay wits um but i wasn't following any of the 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 pokemon side of things so like i, I was on youtube and i was watching things but i was watching like markiplier and stuff like that i wasn't aware there was a pokemon scene that they're, they're like i wasn't aware nuzlocke were a thing challenge videos were a thing i i just wasn't aware of any of that so like for me it was just it was my journey completing the pokedex and you know re reliving that experience with gen 6 and that was when actually when i was trying to complete the pokedex i went back to gen 4 and gen 5 so because i um at the time, I um I I rebought a, a a DS because they were quite cheap because you get them secondhand, and then I went out and bought Pokemon Platinum, and I bought, I think I bought Pokemon Black, but I can't a hundred percent remember, and I'm still convinced to this day the Pokemon Platinum I got wasn't an original copy; it was like a knockoff <laughs> cartridge because every now and again it it freezes when I'm when I try to play it, um, and I played through them. But I can't remember a lot about them, to be quite honest with you. I, I, I can't remember, like, Pokemon Platinum story. I don't really remember that. Pokemon Black, the only reason I remember that is because years later, I would play it on my channel for a challenge video and a, a, a live stream series that I, that I never... Uh, did I finish it? I can't remember if I finished it, to be quite honest with you. Um, so, and... and Gen 7, I don't even remember playing Gen 7. I was aware of it, but I don't remember playing it, which is 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 really weird. Um, so did you say you, you skipped over Gen 7 as well? So again, Gen 7 was very much, I was into like, even the YouTube theorists at that point, we're talking about like Loxton and his all, it all comes together theories right. of Pokemon and alchemy and this big long series that he did. And I was so invested in all of that stuff at that time. Like, I was more interested in the lore of Pokemon than right. I was in the games. 
Ah, interesting. Which, do you think that is impacted on you and wanting to do theory videos then? I, I guess so. It's it's kind of, it's, it's what I always watched. As I said, mm. I've watched, I didn't watch a lot of like, when people talk about gaming YouTubers, they talk about Patters, they talk about mm, mm. Uh, Game Boy Luke, they talk about United Gamer. I never watched any of them. No. I had Marilyn. Who, yeah. again, I say that name to a lot of people and they're like, eh, no idea who you're talking about. No. I don't yeah, know yeah. why YouTube served that up to me, but that's that's where I ended that's what up. You got. And that right. was kind of like my one intro into Pokemon playthroughs. And he used to do a lot of like casual pay- playthroughs and very mm. specific kind of Nuzlocks. So I knew what a Nuzlocke was. I liked the idea yeah. of it. I think I tried a couple of them over the years mm. and then one of my favorites would die and I'd get really disheartened and just not play yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. I think when it came eventually to starting my channel, yes, as I said, I, I I got into the idea of it because my mate's kids were getting into Pokemon. I realized, hang on, I've got all this knowledge stored up here mm-hmm. that I didn't even realize I had access to. Do you know like the Pokedex game we play? Yes, yeah. We did something similar like that when she first got into it. So she'd like flip through her... Uh, pokemon encyclopedia and read out a pokedex entry and i'd have to guess the pokemon from that and she got very surprised i think occasionally i'd have to have a lifeline of like oh can you give me a typing Mm. but the amount of times i got it right she's like how do you know this how how do you have this information i'm like how do i know this how do i have this information you're a pokedex sponge you can just absorb it but i enjoyed it and i realized i did enjoy it and i did have a lot of love for this franchise so it was once COVID hit, I was like, yeah. okay, I need to do something with my life. I need to do something to keep my creative juices flowing. I need to mm-hmm. give mm-hmm. myself an outlet here because I'm just sat at home and my yeah. home life was not great at that time. I was living with a little old lady who was not well, God bless her, and got so worried about uh, catching the virus that basically yeah. she locked me in my room for all intents wow. and purposes. So I, I had to do something. And I was like, well, I can sit here. I can sit. I, I tried to do YouTubes a couple of times. This is not yeah. my first channel. I, oh, I've had interesting. six, right. seven. I, hey, I'm all over YouTube. Don't, wow. don't go looking for it, please. <laughs> right? Okay. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, you can't just leave that there. So there no, are, I can. No, <laughs> so I'm not laying this job. So, so are you telling me there's channels with videos on it of you pre-Captain Fidget, pre-Uncle Fidget? Yes. And so what? there is, well, I did a lot of university stuff because I did film at university. So oh. all of that stuff's up on YouTube because it had to be. That's how we submitted our work. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of me either acting or a lot of my directing work up on YouTube. There is, there was a channel I first tried to do, which was like angry film reviews. <laughs> Brilliant, right? Okay. That got into like three episodes before I decided to delete the channel. Oh, um, okay. I did. I've done a sort of film creation style educational channel that did a couple of episodes. I did a art channel with one of my girlfriends at the time where she bas- I set her like an art challenge to do. And then we'd sit and do a podcast style talk over her doing the artwork. Um, oh. We tried to do a different channel based around her artwork mm-hmm. that was more uh, live action rather than the digital. I tried to do a 
channel that was like looking back at the Japanese influence on Western culture in the very early days. So you're talking about like when Pokemon first came over, when Digimon yeah, first came yeah, over, when Dragon yeah. Ball first came over, and like how that, what kind of censorships were in place, what kind of changes got made. Wow. I was looking into, I've got two big long essay, basically like video essays written. One's about Beyblade, and another Bay one's Blade, about card. Yeah. One's about uh -huh. Beyblade, another one's about card captors. Uh, and I was really. Uh, I was I was doubting myself a lot. I wasn't happy right. with the, the the kind of style of writing I was doing. Mm. It was taking me a lot of time to yes. do all the research and stuff like that. But that's where my interest lay yeah. was educating, was researching into things I actually have interest in mm. and then mm. sharing that knowledge. So when I first jumped into creating a channel, I was like, well, I want to do Pokemon. Mm. I've wanted to do Nuzlocke forever. I've not beaten one yet. Let's do that because we can. And I'll tell you, actually, I remember. Here we go. Okay. I did. I didn't send set out to make a YouTube channel. I oh, set okay. out to make a really nice looking setup for my D and D group. Okay. Because when because when COVID hit, obviously everything yeah. everything moved online. Yes. Yes. And that included my D and D. And at the time, I had like a really terrible little webcam, and mm. my mic was shoddy. And I was like, well, hang on. Like, I, I invested in a bunch of film gear. Mm. Surely there's a way to use this. So I got my lights out and oh. I got my camera out and I figured out a way to like jerry-rig my camera in. This was before I knew what a capture card was or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. But again, it's it's a research hole for me. Oh, tech, mm. let's, let's look yeah. into it. It was the same as I didn't used to be into computers or PCs until I had to build one for mm. my university uh, to, for editing and things like that. And suddenly my interest grew. So as I started looking into like, oh, how do I set up a camera? How do I make my camera connect to my PC? I start realizing, oh, this is more used for like streaming and mm. gaming content. I'm like, well, okay. I have a gaming setup apparently. What game? Oh, let's play Pokemon. I'm going to, I'll, I'll play Pokemon on and I'll make some videos. And it was just oh. an outlet. It was just something to do because I already had everything to do it with. Oh, wow. Is, so is that when I, because I, because obviously I reached out to you a very long time ago and you were taking a break from YouTube. So that was, I thought that was like pre-COVID, but apparently not. Was that during COVID? I think it was during, it was either during, or it was right at the very beginning. Oh, wow. It was right. Right, right at the very beginning. Because as you say, we've been doing this for about two years now. Yeah. And it was, you know, you're talking 2020, June was height uh, of COVID, really. It was March. Okay. Because I'd been, I, so at that point, I'd had my channel for, I, I think I set it up in 2018, but it might have been 2019. It, it's one of those things where because of COVID and years just get all skewy, don't they? So it's like, oh, I'm not quite sure when, how long, I think it was about four years ago I, I started, which would, would point in, in 2018. Um, but like for me, so not long before I started my channel, that is when I discovered Pokemon YouTubers and in particular people doing Nuzlocke. So I, I, again, I don't know how, like you have, um, um, was it, was it Maryland, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how I got recommended it, but I stumbled upon, um, 
Original 151 and Dobbs Gaming doing a Nuzlocke versus. And I will maintain that it's some of the funniest Pokemon content because it just appeals to me in terms of... I, I just love... Like, when it comes to gaming, I love chaos. I love sowing chaos and just causing it. And and I, and their, their chemistry and their banter is absolutely some of the best content I have ever seen. So I saw that. I saw a randomized Nuzlocke and I was like... Okay, you know what? I'm just going to I'm just going to create a channel. So I created a channel and then I didn't upload anything for 6 months. At which point I was like because I was so obsessive over just getting it all right and getting the, you know, the logo and the banner and the video artwork and all that stuff perfect. Even though looking back now I'm like it's some of the it's the worst stuff I've ever done. But at the time I I I, I didn't it, 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 I didn't understand YouTube. I didn't get it. Um I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to start doing it. So my first series was um, Fire Red. So I did a, a, a Fire Red randomized de- Dexlock series, which the whole point of that was it, it's a normal Nuzlocke. It's randomized, um, but the added um, um, feature, I guess, of trying to uh, see the least amount of Pokemon that you possibly can, which in hindsight wasn't great for a randomized because you can't really control that to some to, to any <laughs> real degree. So it was a terrible idea. Um, but I, that's that is what I started you know i started with, with that and i did intros for all the videos and i did the layouts and i put loads of time and effort into it the camera was small and crap because i was recording on uh, an imac um and the the microphone was like a 30 pound microphone that i got off amazon which looking back sounds utter crap because i didn't know about filters or anything like that um so that's just what i started doing i just started doing my own my own Pokemon content as Ready Player Ben. Um, but the reason I started doing content uh, content and YouTube was A, because of that, but also um, I didn't have a lot of time because at this point I had a daughter and I had a, bit, a busy life with, with you know, hobbies and social life and um, seeing family and, and, and friends and, you know, I, balancing all that between work and gym and, and everything else. And I wanted an excuse to play games that I typically wouldn't play on the channel. So you can't see them anymore because they're either hidden or they are deleted. But I had a load of other games that, that I played, like Two Point Hospital, um, this weird point-and-click adventure game, which I only ever completed Chapter 1 and I never went back to it. Um, even though at one point that video was the highest viewed, vi- one of the videos from that series was the highest viewed on my series because it contained the word pantyhose in the title. And that's the only reason I can think <laughs> that it was the, one of the most viewed pieces of content on, on my channel, even though it had, and the dislike ratio was massive because I think a load of pervy old men were coming to my channel to watch pantyhose and it just wasn't. It was about a video game where you found pantyhose in, in a in a in a dumpster and you used it as an item. Um, and funnily enough, one of the other um, most viewed pieces of content on my channel, even today, is an episode of that randomized Dexlock series where um, uh, the intro moment is me spending about ten minutes trying to find a hidden item, only to find it. And be disappointed because it's a yellow flute. And the yellow flute. Respond, the yellow flute. And my response is, what the hell's a yellow flute? And I have it's a had great to... thumbnail. It's a great it's... thumbnail Thank on you. that video. Maybe that's what gets people then. Because it, even now, most months, it will get a good, um, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 hours watch time. And that's not people watching it all the way through. I know that that is people thinking it's a tutorial video on either where to find the yellow flute in Fire Red, what the yellow flute is 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 for, uh, because like people will click on it, watch the first minute, 
and then just like completely drop off. They they just disappear. And the dislikes on that are also absolutely massive. But it's still one of my most viewed pieces of content on YouTube, despite the fact that I have had to change the title of it um, to make it clear that it's not a tutorial. I think the title of it now is This Is Not A Tutorial. <laughs> I've pinned a comment that says, This Is Not A Tutorial. I've put it at the very top of the description. This is not a tutorial. And yet, still, YouTube recommends this content to everybody. And I I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why the algorithm continues to, to push that for, for whatever reason. But yeah, so that is how I started my channel and got into creating Pokemon content and then learned a lot over the, the four years. Like If I could apply what I know now to the very start, I think I'd be in a very different place right now with my with my um youtube content because i had a lot more time back then and i would have loved to invest that time in the content that i know works um opposed to just like jumping all over the place and and wasting time on a load of load of um videos that don't really hold up anymore or bring traffic to my channel other than the random ones like the, the, the yellow flute um so yeah, that that's that's me and my YouTube channel and, and how I got it started. Well, there you go then. Go jumping off that point. If mm. you were to speak to say some of our audience members wanted to start a YouTube channel around Pokemon. Okay. Years in, we're not perfect. We're not No. We're we're far from it, and both of us will admit that. Mm. But what advice would you give, say, your younger self or somebody starting out right now? Oh, if I, okay, so I would say to them, get at least a somewhat decent setup. So, you know, a, a, you don't even need a mic, but you need something to at least capture the gameplay and you need a mic that at least doesn't, you know, distort. And I, I wish I'd have known this at the time. My 30 pound mic, if I'd have known about filters, it could have fixed a lot of the issues that I had at the time in terms of peaking and and you know knowing where to where to place the microphone and getting a pop filter and all that stuff and that'd be one of the, the things that i would say the other thing is, is probably try and try and do something different don't just repeat what everyone else does um try i i, I whenever i try and do a series or a challenge video or anything like that I try, like, when it comes to challenge videos, I try and do something that I haven't seen before, or I, I'm a, I do a YouTube search. I'm like, oh, no one else has done that, so I'll, I'll do that. And whenever I do a a collab series, or rarely, sometimes I'll do a solo project, I try and do something different. So, for example, our wedlock. I'd never seen a wedlock versus done on the channel before. So when we were di discussing that, and you came up with the idea, I was like... I'm completely down with that because it's it's a format that I I haven't seen before. And when me and um, British Eagle, uh, when he reached out to me for a collab, and we jumped on a call, we discussed it, and that's when the type lock idea was born. And no one else had ever done that before. So I'd probably say try try and find something new, like try and find your niche, um, something that you enjoy, but also you know hasn't got a lot of traffic on YouTube because it can be really different those first couple of videos those those first few months where you know no one's really watching and it feels like you are just creating content for nobody you've just got to power through that part and i think that's the most difficult part to be honest with you what what about yourself what advice would you give uh, so a lot of what you've said i think i'm just going to add on to basically what you've said there y better gear does not make you better no it just doesn't 
you nope. need the skills and you yes. the only way you're going to get those skills is by learning yeah. as ben said you know filters filters are some of the best things you can ever get for your microphone learn how, learn what kind of gain to record at learn yeah. how an eq works i'm not telling you to be perfect at it because god knows i'm not but <laughs> learn how it works yeah learn what like and learn what normalizing means and things like that that's going to improve your work far quicker than anything else mm. always focus audio first if you've yeah. got a yeah. garbage camera fine don't worry about it yet yeah use your yeah. phone use your yeah. phone before buying a new camera yeah definitely yeah sort your audio out first because mm. people will not listen people will no. not stick around for bad audio no, no. If you're going to do Pokemon, if you're going to do any gaming, because YouTube is very specific nowadays, like variety channels don't work. No. Like I've tried it before to try and stick to Nintendo, mm -hmm. but even that, it seems a little bit broad where, yeah. you know, my Pokemon content will do so well. And then anything else that's tangentially related via Nintendo, it doesn't do anywhere yeah. near those numbers. So... Pick some, pick a game you're fascinated by, and I mean absolutely in love with. I remember one of my friends started a Final Fantasy VII uh, channel. He was like, "I'm going to play Final Fantasy VII." I was like, right. "Do you love that game?" He went, "Yeah, it's my favorite game." I went, "I never asked if it was your favorite game. I said, mm. do you love yep. that game? If you're going to be a YouTuber and that's yeah. what you want to do, and you want it to be around a certain game or a certain franchise." You need to eat, sleep, breathe that franchise. You need mm. to enjoy taking in the news. You need to enjoy playing through the same thing over and over yeah. and over oh, again. Oh, yes. You need to enjoy deep diving into the lore and just spending an hour and a half every week talking to one of your mates about the game that you've both played for the last 25 years. You have to love it. Mm. it. And if you don't, maybe it's not for you. Mm. Mm. Because I'll tell you what, it will burn you out. It will oh, it burn will. you out on yeah, that franchise yeah. if you're not if you're not head over heels with Pokemon. Mm. Doing a Pokemon channel is gonna make you hate it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can understand that. There, there are there have been times where, and it's not even the Pokemon side of things for me. It's like you know when, when YouTube where you you you're not really growing as much. Like you go through peaks and 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 troughs um, in terms of growth and watch time. And there are times where you just think, is it worth it? And that for me has never been because of the Pokemon side, because I love it. I love the fact that I can, you know, I have a, you know, a social circle that watch me and, and like I have, you know, a group of other Pokemon, you know, YouTubers that I can do collabs with. Like that is, that has never been the issue. It's always the, the YouTube side of things, which is really unforgiving. There is, there seems to be no rhyme or reason. One video can do amazing like the series starts on a high and then the figures just drop and you've got to be able to power through that. And yeah. in order to, to help with that, you need to be like fidget, fidget. <laughs> like Connor says, oh, now, now it's me. I need to apologize to you at the start of next, uh, next podcast now. Um, but as Connor says, you've got to just love what you are doing and that will help you to, to power through. I mean, I, I'm a nerd for all this stuff. Like, I, mm. We spoke before this episode about the fact that I've basically spent the last week and a half tearing my hair out to get my audio sounding exactly the way I want it. Mm. And that sounds like a bad time because I was stressed out. But that it's just, it's like a roller coaster for me. You know, it's yeah. that good kind yeah. of stress. 
Yeah, oh no, there is such a thing as good stress. Just put that. Just I, I don't know about if if you're anything like me. Sometimes when I'm at work, like I I perform at my best when I'm a little bit stressed. When I know there's deadlines or there's something that I need to to the target or something that I need to hit, and it just it just helps to get you through and powers you through, and you perform at your best, and then you come out of it and you feel really good about what you've done. Oh, absolutely, and that's that's another problem with YouTube is there is no deadline. You yeah. are yes. you are your own boss. Realistically, yep. you set your own deadlines. Like when I started this, I had to have a schedule. I had to have a very yeah. strict schedule, mm. otherwise I wouldn't have done anything. Yeah, yeah. And back way when I started this, I went too far too fast. Yes. And you know, you you spoke earlier about the fact that when you first reached out to me about a collab and things like that. I was taking a break. I took three months off of YouTube, I mm. think two, three months into starting it, simply because I was trying to do two playthroughs a week. Mm. So I had three episodes of Pokemon Emerald, three episodes of Pokemon Platinum, and was trying to do a challenge run <sighs> that every week as well. And I just, I just burnt out so, so quickly because there's only so much one person can do. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter how much you love it. There's only so much one person can do. Mm. I mean, I got very lucky that when I did stop doing it, Lewis, my editor, who is now my editor, but has been my friend from university and was even my editor back in university, reached out to me and said, what's happening? I was really enjoying this content. You know, it's good fun for me watching through it. In fact, I used to get little videos. He'd, he'd, have, uh, he'd have one of my videos up on the TV and I would forget the name of something, and I'd be like, "Oh, what's what's it called? Oh, what's 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 the girl from Countdown called?" And he'd just film me <laughs> on the screen going, "Oh, what's the girl from Countdown called?" And he's like, "Rachel Riley. Her name <laughs> her name's Rachel Riley." And just responding to me, that's brilliant. So he, he so he was already invested, and he basically yeah, rang me up, and he great. was like, "Would you come back if I did the editing for you? If I took a little bit of that stress wow. off of you?" would would you come back to it and that's where our kind of working relationship started wow. and he has been a big help and has yeah. elevated the channel far f further than i could have oh, ever yeah. got it on my own mm -hmm. wow getting wow. getting a good editor is difficult it's not oh, yes, i've i have worked with I, uh, most of the most of the content I do, I do myself, and it's something that I pride myself on. To the point where it has held me back. Where I've been asked, uh, or people have edited for me on one or two series, and it it's just crap. <laughs> it was just crap. It's just to the not point up, where it's not up to I, your quality. No, exactly. And like I I have nothing against paying someone to to do the editing and and whatnot. But for me, that my my sticking point is why would I pay someone to do a worse job that i can do when i can do it for free and i know it's my time so technically it's not it's not free but it get, get if you can get an editor or, or someone to help to you know support you through that journey whether or not it's just like a group of friends that just watch when you upload them just to help you hit that algorithm maybe get pushed out to a few more people then it's it's it really does does help and it might get you through some of those more difficult times where the channel is you know it isn't it isn't hitting people the way that you might want it to and getting out there and getting the the, the views and the watch time um yeah one, anyways, one last thing on, if i can add on. 
One Go last on. thing. I'll let you. <laughs> if you're going to create content, create content that you would watch. Yes. Yes. So again, when I started, I was doing gaming. I'd never watched gaming. So mm. a year and a half in, I realized I wasn't enjoying the content I was putting out anymore. And that's why I had to switch focus into something I actually would watch. And mm. the channel has done better for it. Yeah. You, you are your own target audience. And when you're coming up with ideas, think, would I watch this? Would I be excited about seeing this? Mm -hmm. All right, wow. I'm done now. You can move us on. Thank you. Well, that that was a a journey and a half. Speaking of uh, journeys, uh, have you watched Pokemon Journeys last three episodes? Two, three, and four. Two, three, and four? Two, three, and four. Thought we were doing three. You told three. me to watch two and three. Oh, have you not watched four? No, you told me to watch two and three. Oh! I said, are we watching three episodes this week? And you went, no, I haven't got time to do three episodes. I've done up till three. So I watched oh my up God. Three. I don't even remember saying that. <laughs> well, I watched... a, would you like me to copy and paste it to you in the <laughs> chat? <laughs> no, I don't want to know. I'm okay. I don't, I don't want to be proven. I've wrong. watched it before though. So... Okay, okay, okay. So you might, so... so let's do two and three and then we'll we'll figure it out from there. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> okay right so episode two is legend go friends go um so i i if you want if you watch this this week then you're not relying on past memories no 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 no. i watched this recently okay so what did you, what did you think what stood out to you to me this episode is very good for showing the wonder of pokemon yes. i talked about it earlier that you know the first time i ever saw pokemon my eyes widened and yeah, and my yeah. childhood wonder was full I just got it again. Lu yeah. That moment where Lugia dives into the ocean and like oh, rips, rips the yes. whole water open and dives deep down yeah. and they have the slow motion with the droplets and stuff like that. Mm. You see in Go's face exactly what was on my face. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this world I, is so cool. It's so beautiful. The fact that we're only two episodes in and we're getting a legendary, I think sets the tone. Like, there was a lot that kind of, watching this episode, there was a lot that made me think, okay, I think I know where this season is is kind of going in terms of it's not, it's very different than the than the original anime. It feels a lot more like what I have seen of Sun and Moon where um, it isn't a journey, so to speak. It is a, you've got your base of operations and then from there, he goes out to different parts of, you know the, the the different areas and whatnot, and it explores, and then he always returns back to the base. And I might be wrong. That's just how, the, like the feeling I'm getting at this point. You know a lot further. Um, that you've seen a lot further than, than me on this. But I think what I really liked about this is it 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 felt very much like okay, the the games have developed and changed over time. And so the anime has also changed. Like the fact that like Lugia appears in a tornado over the, the over the ship, which is like, oh, that's a bit like how the eggs hatch on in Pokemon Go. And then they literally say, oh, it's time for a raid battle. And like multiple trainers are all throwing their mons out in order to battle this Lugia. And it just shows like, it kind of goes back to what I was saying last week about Mew and how OP that is. Like Lugia is OP. It just not it knocks away. I think I've got written down here. It knocks away five fully evolved Pokemon and barely just like it, it just swats swats them away. It's so they're really, OP. They're really smart picks as well. They take a War Turtle with Ice Beam, yeah. a Jolteon with an Electric move, and a Gengar mm -hmm. with his Ghost move. All of which are super effective. And Lugia is just like, nah. What nah? What are you nah. doing, idiot? Yeah, don't don't come at me. Just just do not like. It, they just 
it, it was just beautiful to see like these two characters on a journey and you know like bonding over this legendary pokemon and it, it just like oh it was absolutely just gorgeous i have a question for you you know when lugia goes underwater with go with go and ash and they're mm-hmm. holding their breath do you do that do you do this as well when you're watching a movie or a tv or a show or Where whatever you try and see if you can do it for yes! as long as they can yes <laughs> you're just holding your breath like can i do this do you do it too yeah of course i do <laughs> i hope that's not just i think that's a common thing and people just don't don't talk about it um because at some point you're like nah, nah no shot no. <laughs> yes exactly you think nah this isn't realistic even though we are literally watching two characters in a world full of pokemon like just made up monsters but the thing that we the issue we have is holding their breath <laughs> apparently um what, what other notes have i got oh i'll tell you what i do love about the anime that the, the games the games have gotten better at, but I, they're nowhere near where they need to be in the anime. And part of the reason why is because you can do it a lot easier in the anime. It's just how fleshed out and beautiful and and big the cities look. They look like mm. real cities. Um, it's just great when they have the, the, the pan out shots and you can just see this massive city and you realize just how small like the, the, the people are compared to this massive city and they feel lived in which the games have never tr- I know they've tried with a couple of, of, of the of the cities in some of the later games but they still haven't nailed it where the city truly feels lived in and full of just a massive population unfortunately yeah see I, one, of the, one of the things I love most about this series and I think it's I, you actually get it emphasised really early on in this episode Ash runs up. Again, you get that raid battle scene. Everybody throws out their Pokemon, just attacks Lugia. Ash runs up with Pikachu and he goes, Lugia, let's have a battle. Yeah. And I'm like, it's the respect. Yes. Yes. The man respects. And that is grow that grows throughout this series more and more. His kind of relation to Pokemon and his ability to empathize with them and get down on their level or elevate to their level as the case may yeah. be. You know, he he even says later on he's like, "Oh, when Lugia dived, it was almost as if I could hear him say, "Hold on, are you ready for this?" Mm-hmm. And that's that's so cool. Yeah, it it is just to see how far Ash has come in this since the the original anime where, you know, he like I always remember in the first couple of episodes where, you know, he's trying to catch the Pidgeot and the Caterpie and he's like, he's straight there, he's battling. Whereas this, he, he's he's gone through that, even though he hasn't aged, he's gone through this journey and learns about Pokemon and and what it actually means to be a trainer. And, and one of the reasons why I've got a feeling he'll go quite far in this series is because of the, the like you say, the respect that he gives to Pokemon. And in return... The Pokemon in his team will respect him and perform even more better for it. Well, they do something beautiful in this. They haven't they haven't reset him, which yes. was something I yes. I, was wor- I I always worry about him just getting reset. Yeah. I think the black and white anime really did a disservice in the resetting. Like mm. he forgot. Is that Pokemon. when? Yeah, his Pikachu lost to like the first level uh, his five. Pikachu mark. lost to a level five Snivy. That's it. He didn't know what a coughing was. He forgot oh. that like ground types resisted electricity, and it's like, 
this is no this guy uh, has been on so many adventures at this point yeah. like he he's he's won the battle frontier he won the orange islands this he shouldn't be this dumb nope. and coming into this one he's of course won the alolan league yes. and they're like okay he he's a champion and yeah. he's going to act like a champion yeah he's a child and he's hot-headed and he's 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 very forward but he is a champion yeah. and that's why i like go so much because go allows ash to be yes he's 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 almost a go like brock was to ash yeah i i can see that yeah yeah he's he is like that fountain of knowledge who just mm. understands pokemon a little bit like goes a little bit more book smart he's mm. read a lot he knows the theory but ash just gets it on a deeper level he gets it on an emotional level yeah and that's why i like his character so much in this series that that i like I, I love that point and by the way um I, i've kind of got a note that ties into this but so goes book smart as you said go has homework apparently do do so does that imply that children drop out of school in order to go on an adventure is that basically always, the, the career path for them pokemon trainer where you stay in school i think so i think it is a choice early on of you can go to school or you can <laughs> go to be a pokemon trainer i mean to be fair in ash did go to school in sun and moon that was like that whole series yes yes um the only other point i've got on on this episode and it was it was when i uh, it was actually like a laugh out loud loud moment i was i was watching it i was like oh that's brilliant it's when um is he um professor cerise says to yes. go like what what's your first pokemon going to be and he throws out charmander bulbasaur and squares so i think and um goes responses my first pokemon's go- gonna be mute and professor cerise's um response is just like the mythical pokemon mew <laughs> and like he just can't get over the fact <laughs> go wants his first pokemon to be mew like that's that's the standard this lad his setting is like my first pokemon is going to be a bit like i just laughed out loud at that moment it was absolutely fantastic um have you got anything else on episode two uh no i think that pretty much covers episode two i like their relationship in it i like the way they play off each other they are the same kind of stupid yes which and i think that's again that emphasizes more in the next episode yes Uh, but they are very much the same kind of stupid and i like it i like the way they work together it's absolutely fantastic and funnily enough i'm jumping ahead a little bit here but ash and go actually have a fallout like they fall Mm -hmm. out in this episode and i'm okay with that because neither of them are wrong they're just coming at it in different different ways where ash is like well you need we need to help this pokemon and go more of the mindset of no you just need to like learn for itself and neither of them are wrong but it just i think it teaches very it, i think it it's great because it kind of sets these two characters up as okay even though they have a lot of similarities they are different in some regards and therefore you haven't just got two of the same main characters you can then flesh them out and they feel different and i love that about it yeah i agree what other notes have i got for episode three um mr mime is pretending to hoover but there's a sound 
I, the uh, sound the sound threw me off. The fact that he's like able to suck the blankets off him makes sense. There should never have been oh, a I didn't, sound. I didn't there. notice. I didn't notice him oh, sucking yeah, the no, blankets. He, he sucks up the blankets and pulls them out of bed. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh my god, that's brilliant. <laughs> Which again makes sense. He's a mime. It makes he should sense. be able it's, to mime something and it happens, but yeah. he shouldn't make a sound. No, because he he's a mime. A sound. Yeah, that was it was really, really through to the point where I was thinking, is is the mum hoovering somewhere else in that house? Maybe but and he's I, just mimicking it. Maybe maybe, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what else have we got? P- Professor Cerise, um Pokemon continuing their current trend of Dilf professors for whatever reason i don't know, <laughs> don't know why <laughs> it's just, just ever since x and y it feels like that's the that's the trend that's the direction for. we're going with now <laughs> we, we've moved away from the older generation which is game for dilf professors um yeah this met in this episode they mentioned a mass a, a mass outbreak with i was ah uh, I thought that was like a Legends Arcus thing, but thinking about it, that was in Gen 5, wasn't it, Mass Outbreak? So was it Gen 6, maybe? Was it? Oh, uh, so, uh, so you had Horde battles in Gen 6. I'm wondering if it, if in Gen 5, I remember when you were going between routes, you'd sometimes go into that little outbuilding and they'd have like a, it was like a scrolling sign. And I swear that you had certain Pokemon that moved around. So the point I was making was like that Mass Outbreaks precede... Like th- this came out before Legends Arceus and then Mass Outbreaks were made famous almost or, or they, it was more became more... more a, a term that was more used in Legends Arceus. But now I'm not sure. I mean, if, if someone's like w- watching this on YouTube, like let us know in the, in the comment section down below about when Mass Outbreak was a thing in Pokemon because I'm really curious now as to like the timeline around that. Well, um, you say that, like, this series is covering a lot because you've got, yeah. it's obviously Sword and Shield, yeah. but it's also Let's Go. It's also True. Pokemon Go. Yeah. And it's also, later on in the series, is Legends Arceus. Oh, wow, so it covers they, a lot. They, they cover a lot in this singular series. Obviously, that's because more games have been released in the last yeah, couple of yeah. years than ever before. Hmm. But it's still doing a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. And it still does it well. Yeah, I think, I mean, I'm only up to episode four, but I think that's one of the things I like about this is that the, all the other animes were very much, they were at the mercy of the games in terms of, right, okay, so the game has to come out first, which means the anime then comes out. Obviously, they'll be talking behind the scenes to figure out what they need to do. And then the episodes for Ash are always, you know, he, he there's key milestones where he beats the first gym or typically loses the first gym, he learns a lesson, then he beats it, and then gym two, gym three, gym four. Whereas this feels very much, because of how much content they've got and what they can pull from, they've moved, it seems like they're moving away from that. And it is just a, well, this week, he might not be journeying between, you know, gym two and gym three. He might be going to a different region and following whatever's whatever's happening over over there again i've not seen further ahead so i don't know i might be completely wrong but that's where it seems like it's going and i'm all for it the fact that they can pull on all these different threads well i'm gonna try and not spoil it for you okay thank you very much uh what else giovanni's back which i love um yeah the introduction of team rocket oh yes the introduction of team rocket how do you how, how do you feel about team rocket's gimmick this season um oh yeah i've got a note on that i absolutely love that pala, pala, I, pala, pala. yeah i am are we talking about that machine where they then get uh-huh. random pokemon i am absolutely on board with that because it just keeps the challenge fresh and it means that ash who was who, who has a pikachu that has been through a lot actually can be challenged by 
high power Pokemon such as Gyarados and Tyranitar coming out. I'm I'm absolutely like on board with with that gimmick. Whereas you know they have got because they haven't even got Arbok and Weezing anymore, mm, have they? No. They've released them, so they've got Meowth and uh, Wobbuffet and like. One thing that stood out to me was Go's response to Meowth talking because he was like, what, you can talk? And it makes sense because that... I love, I love Meowth's response of just like, yeah, yeah, get out of your system. Yeah, just like, <laughs> it's, yeah, just move on. Like every, everyone's aware of this. But thinking about it, it makes sense because Meowth is the only actual talking Pokemon. Other Pokemon can like translate in terms of like telepathy. Mm-hmm. But Meowth's the only human, the only Pokemon that can speak human, right? As far as we're aware. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, yes. As you say, I think most of the other ones do it telepathy. He actually speaks yes. with his tongue and his vocal cords yeah. and taught himself how to do it. So that that, that explains Go's response. And I love it. And I think the only other um, comment I've got is when they catch Ivysaur with a rope, I've just put, if only Ivysaur had some move to cut it, something razor sharp. I don't know. <laughs> I'm using the leaves it can create. Some kind of, I don't know, razor leaf, maybe, to, to get out of it. But fine, I, I can let it slide because it's just it's just what they do. They can't, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I was like, come on. So I will say Team Rocket take more of a back seat in this series than they have before. Oh, okay. um, mostly because they don't show up every single episode. You think back to the original yeah. series, it they was... They were there all the time. Every single episode. They don't show up every episode this time around. And that's why I think, like, the Gachapon machine that they've got mm-hmm. that falls from the sky is a really cool story device because it means, okay, we don't have to spend an episode worrying about how they catch this Pokemon, how they get... Oh, which Pokemon's going to eat James's head this time? Or We just get to skip all that. They still get really good episodes. I'm pretty sure there's one in here later on with, like, mm-hmm. a ditto in Hollywood, effectively. Um, right, okay. <laughs> I, oh, mate, beautiful, beautiful okay, okay. Bit of storytelling. I can't wait till we get there. That might have been Sun and Moon. I don't think it was. I'm okay. pretty sure it's in Journeys. Um, so, yeah, they take more of a backseat role. I'm okay with it. They're serious yeah. staples, but they can yeah. be overplayed. Same-y. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the same kind of gimmick. So I, it feels like they're keeping them fresh reusing them but reusing them in a different way so i'm i'm all on board for that um that's all i've got for episode three i have got notes on episode four if you can you remember episode four what's episode four called uh settling the score bunny so it's um score bunny working with the naked uh okay yeah yeah where he's all covered covered in soot that's the one so um so this is their first step into galar right yes yes that's one of the notes i've got like four episodes in and we're finally getting to get to the galar region yeah it's because it's usually ash jumps off a plane episode one yes and he's there and he's he's off and he's got his new pokemon and everything i love the fact that it seems to be a lot slower and it doesn't seem to be gone do you think it feels slow? Mm, yes, actually, I do. Because at this point, we're an hour in and we're only now going to Gala. Whereas, as you say, like in the original animes, it was always episode one. He typically typically gets his starter and he's he's off on his, on his journey. So for me, it feels slow. Does it not for you? I mean, no. But again, I kind of... I really enjoyed the meandering that was Sun and Moon, where it's just like, oh, we're just... It was more slice of life is the wrong term for it, but it's the closest one I have right now, where it's like, we're not 
there's no goal here. Yeah, he mm-hmm. was doing an on-island challenge, but that's not the goal of what we're yeah. doing. We're just having some fun. And it's more episodic. Yes. Rather than serialized. Right. And yeah. I like that. Okay. So is it so is that from what you've seen so far, does this move away from episodic and it is more okay, you need to have watched the previous episodes to understand what is happening. I mean, yes, it gets to that level where okay. it's a case of you know, Ash will eventually step into uh, his long-term goal mm. and will work his way up the rankings of the World Coronation Series. And, you know, there's there's rivals and there's competition along the way. A lot does happen in Galar. I think more... I think we come to Galar now and then we go away and it's not till really the end of this season that we come back to Galar and we spend like four or five episodes doing a full storyline oh wow right okay oh i'm looking but it is very episodic and bounces around from region to region doing lots of different things and then in the next season we go and we meet old characters and catch up with the sun and moon gang catch up with serena catch up with lots of people from all over the place Oh, I'm looking for. I am really looking forward to that. Then, um, what else have I got? <laughs> so, do you remember that the old who's that Pokemon? And it of used course. to be a silhouette. So that was yep. somewhat not difficult, but it was more challenging than what we get in this, where it's who's that Pokemon? It's obviously like Lugia's wing or whatever, whatever it might be. It's they're so easy, and I get that it's 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 children mainly watching watching this. So I get that they have to make a, it might not be as easy for them, but I'll give them credit that with this one, it's you, you have to guess the school bunny, and it hasn't really been fully shown this episode because obviously it's covered in dirt. So I was like, okay, that's a that's a nice little thing that I I liked with this one that stood out where it might be a little bit more difficult. So I'll give it credit. I'll I'll, I'll give the animators credit for that. I like score bunny the rogue. Yes. I think he's a it's a cool introduction to that character. Yes. I love that he's just so he's already independent. And one thing that I do like about this episode is that he doesn't end up in the party. He's and that might come later. I think that comes later. I think I know that. But I'm glad that it it, it feels like like they don't just get the Pokemon. It's just easy for them. I love that about this the 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 anime is that you know Sometimes they don't always get the Pokemon that they want, or you know they 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 don't always get the Pokemon in the traditional way of throwing a Pokeball. Sometimes it is about you know the friendship and and building up that that you know camaraderie and and, and everything. I, and I I love that, and I just love the the interactions between School Bunny and the the Nickets as well. It's so fun. I absolutely love it. Well, I think they did a similar thing in X and Y. Froakie was introduced a couple of episodes before Ash finally sort of brought them onto the team right. in sun and moon you met Lytton a couple of times before it was finally brought onto the team uh-huh. and it is and it just a case of going well no because these pokemon are wild and yes. they they can function in the wild mm. and it's mm. more about giving them a reason to have a choice to leave their life and come and join you which is yeah. something the anime has always done really well is emphasizing mm, like, mm. no, this is not stealing Pokemon from the wild yeah. and enslaving them. It's making friends who want to be with you. I, I love, you're absolutely right there. And I absolutely love that uh, uh, about it. And 
it's something that I would love to see done in the video games, but I don't quite know how they do it without a lot of... You'd have to change a lot of the, the mechanics, unfortunately. So if it sticks in, if it just sticks in the anime, I'm okay with that because it just helps to... It, it, it's just something unique towards the anime that I that I really like. Um, Have you got anything else for this episode? Nope, that I think covers most of it. Oh, okay then. Uh, so are you up for playing a game then? Let's do it. Yeah, so like last week, uh, in front of me, I have three Pokemon with three Pokedex entries each. But Connie, you have to spot the fake entry. Are you up for this? I'm hoping that I'm 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 on to you a little bit now. Okay, I, I, kinda, okay. I, I know your writing style a little oh, bit. Oh, okay. So there are no... I, I took on board your feedback from last time. There are no entries for Mega Revolution or Dynamaxing this turn. This, Don't believe so, it for a second. <laughs> no, there's not. I, 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 scouts on it. So the first Pokemon is Mewtwo, and this is the first of the three Pokedex entries. Considered the most powerful Pokemon, there are rumors that human DNA was added to create this monstrosity. Entry number two. Mewtwo is created by recombining Mew's genes. It's said to have the most savage heart amongst Pokemon. And the third and final one. It was created by a scientist after years of horrific gene splicing and DNA engineering experiments. So I'm sorry to say that I did an entire video on the origin of Mewtwo, read every single one of the Pokedex (laughs) entries, and know full well that in the games, it is not specified that human DNA is added. The only time that's ever brought up is in the manga where it's Blaine's DNA that gets mixed yes. in with Mewtwo's. So Correct. it's the first one that's wrong. Well done. Ding, ding, ding. You have got one point. I thought you might get... Uh, like, when I started pulling that one together and I was like, I, I think you've... Yeah, you've mentioned about Mewtwo in the past. And that was the video I sent over at... Um, a clip for wasn't it the let's go yes it was okay right okay so i I should have known better right okay well i I can bring this one back with number two it is arceus so the first entry it is described in mythology as the pokemon that shaped the universe with its 1000 arms the second one it is the ultimate fountain of power which shines across hisui its light can create or destroy anything and finally according to the legends of sinnoh this Pokemon emerged from an egg and shaped all there is in the world. I don't, right, so I know the egg one and I know the thousand arms. So the second one? Yeah, you're right. Well done. I was hoping I could like maybe throw you off by because it is a recent Pokedex. You, you, you mentioned be. Hisui and you did yeah. for a minute. I was like, wait, hang on. I've not read the Hisui Dex. Yes, oh, yes. No. Uh, okay, well, well done. Yeah, that's it. Oh, so can you go for the hat trick so the final one keeping on on theme it's rayquaza so uh rayquaza lived for hundreds of millions of years in the earth's ozone layer never descending to the ground this pokemon appears to feed on water and particles in the atmosphere number two it flies forever through the ozone layer consuming meteoroids for subs- uh, sustenance the many meteoroids in its body provide the energy it needs to mega evolve and the final one on rare occasions, this Pokemon can be seen around the Sky Pillar in the Hoenn region. What causes this Pokemon to, de- to descend from the Ozone is unknown. Oh, you cheeky so-and-so. I was <laughs> like, <gasps> yeah, I see that you've included the Ozone in every single one there. Okay, yes. nice. So the second one is true. Uh, the one about it eating meteorites and stuff like that. I don't think it... Okay, I'm going to go with the first one, and it's not because I... I don't think there's water in the ozone layer. Okay. 
Uh, so number one's actually a, a correct Pokedex entry. So I, d- it's the I don't know if one. The, it's the third one. Yeah, it's yeah. descending. Yes. So um, yeah, the, it, no point in any of its Pokedex entries does it mention Sky Pillar or in fact the Hoenn region, uh, as far as I, I'm aware. Um, so yeah, so I'm glad. I'm glad that I managed to prevent you from scoring a hat trick. But two out of three, not bad. It's better than last week. Better than last week. Let's see if you you can. Let's even get all three next week. I might I might have to bring back the the. If ever you do get three out of three, I might have to bring back the Meg Revolutions again at some point. <laughs> uh, you heard to, it here first. <laughs> if I ever do too well, Ben will just cheat me. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. If any if anyone's ever watched the um the uh, videos on my channel, the um guess the Pokemon game by the Savage Review, you know the scoring just doesn't make any sense. I'll just make it up as as I go along. You can get them all right and still end up with like five points (laughs) yeah that sounds about right so uh you ready for some letters and comments let's do it okay so our first question this week um it comes courtesy of amber who commented on our video version of the podcast which you can find on youtube uh so if you are over there listening right now consider leaving a comment uh so they ask why are grass types the best what why are grass types the best okay you're going with a little bit of a leading question there suggesting yeah, grass yeah, types yeah. even are the best they are the best Do- because chikorita's in that line so all oh, yeah. right okay so you think it's i'm biased <laughs> see i don't i think electric types are the best they're Ooh, not my favorite okay. but i okay. think they are the best mm. so that, dep- that one weakness goes far it, oh, it, it really does. It really does. So uh, unless you are... Oh, what, what's the what's the Pokemon that has Levitate? There's an electric Pokemon that has Levitate, and it's uh, pure Electros. electric. That's the one. So it has no weaknesses. Mm-hmm. So you've got you've got that one. It's, it, what do we mean by the best, though? Because up until probably Gen 6, Dragon was the best, right? It had, it had on average, the best stats. It had the most legendary and mythical Pokemon. Fairy-type wasn't introduced, so... I'd argue up until that point that that was probably the best typing. I mean, yes, it's, the stat argument's a bit of a difficult one when it comes to dragon, just because so many legends and pseudo yes. legends are dragon types more so than anything else. It skews it massively. I think arguably nowadays you're talking about fairy is one mm. of the best. Yes. Steel is arguably one of the best. It's gotten a lot more use since fairy came out simply because obviously steel steel up until gen six it was it was always one of those nice to have as a secondary typing but you'd never really if you if you could drop steel you wouldn't really think about it would you it added some defensive just because of how defensive it was it was always a good stat to have like a typing to have but it also brought a load of weaknesses with it mm-hmm. as well, unfortunately. But, you know, introducing Fairy, which, which was a great addition uh, from, from Gen 6 onwards. Um, so I think just from our two answers, we've established that grass types are, in fact, not the best, unfortunately. I'll, I'll rephrase the question then. Which is Ooh. your favorite grass type? Okay, I'm... Okay, so obviously it'd be the Chikorita line, but I, I'm going to remove that from the equation. Otherwise, it's... it's well, hang on. Good. Which of the Chikorita line? Um, Meganium, just because Meganium, of how okay Meganium, because just because of how just tanky it is, I absolutely love its its move set. But from um, Chikorita is adorable, and so is Bait. I love that entire line, but Meganium is de- is definitely my favorite out, out of those three. What what's your favorite grass type? 
Uh, it's a very difficult question. It's not one I've had asked very often. It's not mm. a typing I think about a lot. Um, possibly Leafeon. Oh, it, how come? Interesting. Uh, I just... So I... A couple of couple of months back, I got into a phase of wanting to do some art, wanting to do some adult coloring, basically. And I was coloring in uh, a bunch of Eevee illusions. And they're just... I really like the color palette of Leafeon. They were very soft yellows yeah. and browns and greens that fade into slightly deeper greens. I just really like the design of it. It's it's really smart. It's really good yeah. looking Pokemon. Mm, um, if so, if I've got to take out of, let's say I'm taking start. I'm going to take starters out of the, this equation because mm-hmm. you're always skewed towards starters, unfortunately. Um, if I had to pick a grass Pokemon that I I really like. I, it's probably Go Goat, um, which we've not seen in, in a long time. And I think part of the reason is because it was when I when I got back into Pokemon, I was playing Pokemon X, and I had a Go Goat on my team, and it was just it, it was just a great Pokemon to have, especially with Horn Leech as as well. Like caused major major damage. It was just like it was just a cute Pokemon. I love these. See, I I was the opposite on Go Go. I was oh, really excited really? for it. Really looked forward to using it, and then when I did, I was like. It's a little bit disappointing. It's a little bit underpowered, I feel. Oh, see, I never looked into its stats or anything like that. So you might be wrong. Sorry, you might be right, and I'm wrong, and it is just like, just a basic Pokemon. I guess it's all right. It felt felt underpowered. Right. Okay. So there you go, Amber. That's, uh, we've answered your question, but feel free to ask another one. Um, And then Luis, your editor, who was uh, name-dropped earlier on in this episode, has asked, uh, who is your favorite ride Pokemon across all the games? Hmm, okay. Wild pick here. Mm. Solgaleo. Okay, you you went some. Okay, right. You, I didn't expect. Do this you to go, get to ride okay, it? Okay, you do. You do. You get to go through the wormholes on it, right? Yep. Okay. Nice. I, it's a it's a fun enough little mini game. I think yes. it was a very good addition to Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Those games weren't really different enough for a lot of people, and I know yeah, that rubbed a lot yeah. of people the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But the additions of the Ultra Wormholes at the end was awesome, and I would always prefer to ride through on Solgaleo than Lunala. So yeah, Solgaleo. Yep, okay. Fair enough. Um, mine, I, I was originally going, going to go for um, Lapras in Sun and Moon because I nice. just I just love being able to ride. It's such a majestic and beautiful Pokemon. And it ties back to obviously in Gem 1, you've got a Lapras. And you could surf on it, but you didn't really get to see the animation or anything. And then Gen 7 like recognized that and you could ride around on lapras but thinking about well, actually on gen 2 every pokemon you rode on was lapras it was true it yes it you're right but it wasn't it didn't have the quality the detail of gen 7 and just really true. seeing like its flippers move and everything like that but i am gonna that's not gonna be my answer it's a, it's an honorable mention um i think my favorite ride pokemon is again in sun and moon is the tauros and the reason why is because when i was doing um uh, I was I was recently playing um, playing as a Nuzlocke on my Twitch channel, and I increased the speed of the emulator to one thirty, so it was a little bit faster. So Taurus was just going down the street 
like like a bull, like just absolutely just going for it. And the amount of people that I ran into, and I just kept commenting on it and making a laugh and a joke about it. Um, so my so I've got two two mentions there, but Tauros from like just a humor perspective is just mowing people down because I couldn't turn in time because Tauros's turning circle is terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, so, so that's mine. So I was um, half expecting you to say go go again. I. I don't remember a lot about riding Go-Go in. I, I remember you didn't you really could. get to do it very much. No, maybe if you got to do it a lot more, maybe I, I, I would have. I, I, I don't even think it wasn't even mandatory, was it? I think it was just No, for a, I think you got to do it around Lumio City and then there was yeah. one little farm patch you, where that's you could it. do it. I remember the farm. I didn't didn't realize you could do it anywhere else, but yeah. So un- un- unfortunately, go go. Nah, better luck next time if it ever gets reintroduced into a game. Um. So if you've got a comment or question, you can reach us by leaving a comment on our podcast on YouTube or by emailing goldenrodpod at gmail dot com. Right before we wrap up, Connie, uh, what have you got on this week? I believe, and I, and interestingly enough, last week I said, oh, this week I've got coming out. And then it actually came out the day before this, <laughs> Did he this try podcast to went up. So at some point this week, I Ooh. think maybe I've got a video coming out called 25 weirdly, spe- not 25, five weirdly specific things I want to see in Scarlet and Violet. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. Right. I, and, I, and I mean, it. they are weirdly specific. It, do they build on things you've seen in the trailer or rumors no. or is it just things no that... this is just things that i feel have been missing from pokemon forever and if you okay. were going to make my ultimate pokemon game these are things that i've you, you wouldn't nobody would ask for uh, okay but i would want okay so that is kind of the opposite of one of the videos that so i've started working on a script which is what would make the worst pokemon game so wow. I've gone the complete opposite where I've been like, right, okay, how can I make quite possibly the worst Pokemon game? So for example, uh, I'm trying, I've not got the document open at the moment, but I was trying to think of how we, what I've got in there. I think the XP shares obviously in there just because of how controversial uh, that, oh, see, I see now I want to, now I want to open it, but I can't even find the documents, unfortunately. Um, So yeah, so that's, oh no, that's it um yeah the, so what did i whack in that no running shoes like let's make it as oh. as, as as slow as possible all k all caves are dark and no. HM, and hm flash is post game um <laughs> <laughs> just to just to really screw me Wait, hms are back <laughs> so hms are back and they are single use so if you release a pokemon you need to restart what else have i got in there um okay well um yeah seven gyms just because uh, just so it messes with people that are so used to eight eight gyms in that in that game it's like there's only seven in this one uh <laughs> so like i'm not gonna can't see-, <laughs> see my face but I, I am cringing so hard right now <laughs> so so that's that's one thing that i've been i've been working on um and another uh, script that I'm currently working on. Um, I don't know if you've seen on YouTube, there's a couple of videos like, what is the best possible team for whichever yes. gen and whichever game? Um, so I, I kind of worked my way back and said, well, what's the worst possible team? And I, I got I got a little bit hung up on, on that. So what I'm doing is instead, um, I'm going to do shorter videos of um, what's the worst possible team for a gym. So the first one I've started working on is is Brock and what's the worst possible team. And it's based on, well, you're allowed six Pokemon, but obviously 
up until Brock, there's only a certain number of Pokemon. So it's looking at like their stats, their levels, uh, what moves they learn. Um, so what is the most difficult, difficult, what is the worst team to make that battle as difficult, if not impossible? Uh, and then what I'm eventually going to do is once I've got a couple of those videos out is then on Twitch, try to through? do a playthrough and try to yeah. beat the gym leaders with the said teams and just hacking the mons and, and just try just try and see if I can actually do it. Um, so I've pretty much finished the script for the first one because they're going to be shorter. Like the, the, they're going to be different from my channel because the challenge videos take forever. Whereas these, I think I can, you know, pretty much write a script and record it and probably edit it within a day, maybe two days. So I should be able to get them out a lot sooner than the challenge videos is is my my plan. Um, so hopefully you'll see that in the next week or two. Okay, uh, that's the show for this week. If you've gotten this far, you're just top dollar, aren't you? I don't know why I say that. It was in the script from last week. It's staying in. Uh, <laughs> staying in for now. <laughs> you know why it was in there? Because originally we were going to have someone else on the podcast, weren't we? He was, a, he was an American. So that's why oh, it's in that. there. And so I need to change it to you're just top stealing now. But it just doesn't have the same effect, no, does it? I like it. I like it. That's your outro. Roll there with it. There you go. There we go. We're going to roll with it. So Connor, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel at Captain Fidget or on Twitter at Cap Fidget. Perfect. And I'm Ben, and you can find me as Professor Hoeing on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. As for the Goldenrod Podcast, you can find us on all the usual platforms. Search for Goldenrod Podcast on YouTube or on your usual podcast app. We've now got that working, so we're now on Spotify and um, Apple Podcast, and the, I'm going to get onto some of the more niche ones as soon as possible. If we, you, we see you, our American audience, we know you use Deezer. Deezer, right? Okay, I will. I will look into that one this afternoon. Well, this evening. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please remember to leave a like. It really does help. Or if you are listening to us on your podcast platform, leave a five star review. And you know what? Leave something humorous in there so we can read it out in a future episode. We'll be back next Friday, right? Next yeah. Friday for another week of Pokemon podcast content. See ya!